Hello, darlings. My next guest is an inspiration to me on so many levels. She's a multi-talented soul, a fellow writer, published novelist, and a poet, as well as a motivational speaker, especially in regards to the subject of mental health. Among her many gifts and focuses, she managed to still be an out-of-this-world mother, wife, and overall badass woman. I'm honored to know her. She inspires me. I'm blessed to call her my friend, and she's about to inspire you. Please welcome my dear friend, Anna Shinoda. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're finally doing it. We've been talking about this We're for a finally minute. Doing this. Finally yeah, doing um, although I wish it was in person. I know, like, and we almost did that. We almost did, but, but it, this is COVID. the safer way yes. and let's, let's be, let's be safe. Yes. As we are. And then one day we can do this at like Disney world or Disneyland. Oh my God, Harry Potter. So I have fun. portable mics. So <laughs> how are you doing lady? <laughs> I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm doing it. I think everybody right now is kind of like, we're, we're, we're all getting by. Um, and I, <laughs> but I think that most, I don't think that anybody who you would ask in this moment, like how are you doing? And they'd be like, things are growing fantastic. <laughs> Where is the lie? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, because I think that like, there's, there's too much kind of, um, as humans, we want to like know what's coming. Right. Yeah. And there's so much that's just kind of in flux right now. And, um, and COVID is, is a huge concern as it should be. And it, and, um, so with those things as the backdrop for everything, you know, that's what's laying our foundation that we're standing on right now. Ugh. And so our foundation isn't a stable foundation. So I don't think that like our emotions or our feelings or our thoughts can really be a hundred percent stable right now mm -hmm. because we don't have um, like solid ground. I, you couldn't have said it better. And because I could definitely attest to that. I feel like I've been living it. We all have. We all have. And it's interesting to see how people are navigating through that, like the highs and the lows, which we're going to get into. Um, I personally would love to hear your experience, personal experience with it, and kind of the advice you can give others on that. Um, because it's still happening. And I think it's going to be happening for a while, even post all of this, like once we get back into normalcy. What is that? What is that even going to look like? So definitely something to talk about. Part of the human experience. I do want to let people know that um, that we met a long time ago. We met at Coachella. <laughs> I don't even remember what a year. When I don't remember going to a Coachella anymore. <laughs> it's, been, it's been decades. It's been um, decades. Um, let's see. Uh, gosh, it must have been. Uh, it's another life years ago. I don't know. It, it was a, it was a while back. Yes. And, um, my kids were pretty little at the time and mm. Mike, um, Mike, we, we went to, Mike was like, oh, well, we'll go to Coachella this weekend. Cause we both kind of needed to like get out and, and be like <laughs> not parents. Fun. So, so yeah. left the kids with the grandparents and, and went to Coachella and, um, we were staying, were you also staying at the rescue water house or were you just yes. visiting? No, we were staying. Okay. We had the room in front of the that we had the little library room. Actually, they like made a room for us near like the jacuzzi, which I okay. remember being in for like a second. So we are <laughs> and our room was like across the pool from where your room was. Uh, yes. Yes, yes. Um, And so we were staying at the rescue water house, which was this is so like that whole scene was so completely out of like 
I was sober I... during that, by, by the way. Those were my sober days. So it was oh, a weird funny. vibe. Because I've done yeah, so it was Coachella, so. <laughs> it was kind of like it was like um and and you know Troy brought together like a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life and it was 100%. it was very cool in the way that he brought everybody together um but like there was like a frat party style thing going on right <laughs> With so the there's beer like pongs and everything yes on one and like and there's like a lot of very attractive women in bikinis in the pool. Uh. And I was sitting <laughs> poolside reading All the Light We Cannot See. And I remember that that was the book that I was reading because that you came over and started talking to me because you also were a reader. And here I was <laughs> in the middle of this like crazy like Coachella party with like music blaring tequila and- shots everywhere and we're just yes. like eh. <laughs> and I was and I was reading a book by the movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like this girl is so rad she's interesting she's she I feel I feel kindred spirit vibes like what's happening because that was my vibe I was like I'm not going to the beer punk table I'm not going to be like tanning by the pool and I wasn't interested in tequila shots. So you like caught my eye right away. I was like, we need to be friends. Yeah. So that's when we met. And then um, from there, we just had other opportunities. We have friends in common. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had other opportunities to uh, spend some time together. And then um, and then when Judy Bloom was in town, I had <gasps> tickets. So I called you and I was like, hey, I'm going to go. Wanna go I was see so Judy Bloom excited about so that. I'm so excited. Thank you, by the way, for that. Yeah, Yeah, that was cool because I was like childhood memories, dude. It's my child, one of my you know favorite authors from my childhood. Which you, by the way, I've investigated. You've been into writing and creativity since you were a child. Like that's just it's in your blood. Like it's which is the same like vibes with me because I'm like okay, so it's not it's not weird. It's totally doable that it's in your blood. (laughs) And it's and you know it's. It's one of those things where like when I was growing up, I loved writing stories and that was kind of just how I pretty much escaped, like, you know, emotionally escaped any situation that I was in. I was, I was bullied a lot. Like as a kid, um, I lived in a small town and then once somebody pegged you as who you were, that's who you were. So, um, I didn't have a lot of friends. I had like one friend who was very like hot and cold, either like we loved each other or we couldn't stand each other. And, um, so reading and writing were like my, those were my friends that either the stories that I was reading or the the characters that I was writing into stories. Um, so, and, and it was interesting because I, I wanted to be like a creative writer. I wanted to write poetry or novels or something of the sort. And, um, you know, I was youngest of seven kids and my parents were like, yeah, you can't live on writing novels and poetry Classic. like like that's not Classic. that's not a, a job that you can have and and to be honest the way I do it right now I I couldn't because um you know I've had one novel published but I haven't put in the effort like friends of mine who do live off of writing like book tours and constant like pushing of marketing well, and, and pushing. yeah and constantly writing a book like if you're writing. If you are a young adult author who really wants to make that your career, you need to have a novel that's coming out once a year. Mm. So you, in that process, you are writing 
editing and um, touring and marketing books. And you're in all three of those processes with different books at all times. Um, And because I don't have to work because I'm really fortunate to have a husband who has, you know, more than provides for our family. Um, For me, it's really important to be able to spend time with my kids and to uh, be the support that he needs to volunteer my time to things that I think are, you know, um, important to me and to write at my own pace, which, and that also means like I've written, I've written a novel that I wrote 500 pages on a novel that I'm never, that I'm never going to publish because I got done with it and I read it and I went, I don't like this. Are you serious? The (laughs) one that you're recently working on that you were telling me that you've been. No, that's a different one. I was like, oh my God. So no, no, I'm working on a different novel right now that I'm really excited about. And um, yeah, that I'm, I've basically gotten through. I got through like the crappy first draft and then I've done a revision. Um, And when I say a revision, that means a revision that I've done like several little revisions to that I finally felt good enough to send to my agent. So he has that now. Mm -hmm. Um, But within that one revision, I've probably done like, you know, 10 revisions on this chapter or 15 revisions on this chapter, or maybe just one revision on a chapter that actually worked out well. Um, but, uh, so now the process is getting his feedback back and then I'll do one more sweep through. And then hopefully at that point, it'll be ready to actually shop, which would be really exciting. I think the fact that you're even doing it, this is one of the, one of the things that really inspires me of you, because as a writer, I have all these ideas. I have all these things I want to do, but the one thing, as you said, you have to do it. You have to put in the time. You have to put in the the time for your edits, your revisions. I had I, well, for the most part, up until this year, that's one of the good things. I'm grateful for COVID. I really did not put the I put the time into everything but the things I should be putting the time into. So, that, by the way, people, is see goals. You change your you change your priorities. You but at the same time, you have your priorities real well with thinking your kids, your family first and foremost which actually full circle goes back to what I heard you say earlier, which you were saying that you discovered books and writing because you were getting bullied. You were young, you were, you know, it was your escape. Right. And I think, and this is something I don't have kids yet, but I I've talked about with friends of mine with that are even questioning whether or not to bring kids into this world, the idea of the difference between growing up with books and an imagination and a creative escapism versus what kids now are growing up with, which is social media, for example. And I want to grow up and be an influencer, which isn't even influencing anything positive, let's be honest. Or I want to have a, a lot of people on TikTok like me. And like that's like what kids, like I'm sure your kids are not on that idea. I can't imagine coming from two creative parents not wanting to be have more of a, a childhood versus like the kids now that I, I just, I don't get it. Like I, I'm, I'm at a loss. They don't have a childhood. They don't have a creative outlet. They don't have knowledge per se. Yeah. So they don't know who Fleetwood Mac is, for example. They're like, this new band is amazing. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, like I grew up listening to Gypsy Kings and the Beatles and all the stuff. My mom, like waking us up on Saturday mornings. I'm like, these kids don't know who the Fleetwood Mac is. They think it's a new band. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> you you certainly sound like back in my day. Yeah, back in uh, my day is when the kids and we did this and we did that with the lemonade. 
<laughs> but it's true. So, and I don't even have kids yet, on as imagine. I'm already yeah. frustrated. I'm like, my kids are not gonna have tablets. <laughs> so there's there's kind of an interesting thing about um with your tablet, like how are you using that? Because there are a lot of really creative ways to use it. And I think that um, you know, with my kids, there's a lot of games that you can play online that are super creative games. Okay. So when I was growing up, we certainly didn't have any technology because it, <laughs> I mean, we had like Nintendo that was you as good as it got, right? Of course. And then maybe yes. Super Nintendo. And then I th yeah. think I was allowed to use AOL supervised by like seventh grade. <laughs> was that the internet? Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was in, I think I was in college before I had my first email address. Just oh my like. God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but, but I would play with, for example, I loved Lincoln logs and like wooden train tracks. And I would make these whole little like towns Ugh. out of Lincoln logs and playing and train tracks in our little, like we had a, a basement that my parents converted from like you know, they put like carpet down, but it was still, it was still kind of like, it like falls in carpet. Was it like, green carpet? So you could yeah. pretend it was grass, you know, like, like actually it was my parents had um, a photography studio because one of their jobs was uh, photography and they had a oh. photography studio with AstroTurf in the studio. So it would look <laughs> So people could look like they were like sitting on the grass that, um, oh, that suddenly became yeah. the grass for your train tracks. <laughs> yeah. But we, but like, that's what I would do is I would build these little towns with roads and everything. Well, my kids still do that, but they're doing it digitally. And so they are doing like Minecraft as a game okay. where you create, you can create homes out of these little blocks and you can create, you know, all these different, and it can get very technical. And one of my kids like loves like all of them love like watching, you know, videos and then do it. Yeah. But um, uh, Animal Crossing, Mike oh, gave I me have Animal Crossing for um, my Mother's Day gift this year. And it was great because it was in quarantine. And so like fantastic. And, and so you're given like this blank island and then you get to like build the island and then you make relationships with the other people who live on the island. And if you're nice to them. They start like sending you letters and giving you gifts and you can send them letters and give you gifts. And, and you can, uh, even you lay out the town, you put the buildings where they need to go. You have to like kind of do work in order to get money in order to like buy oh things. Gosh. So there, there are some really interesting creative things. And even like, um, like on my iPad, I have procreate and the kids love to like draw on procreate. So there's, there's a lot of great ways that you can use technology and tablets in order to be creative. Now the downfall though, is that there's a lot of really, um, like potential, uh, like I want to say like toxic areas that you can yes. get into when you get into things like social media yes. and social media, as much as I would want to say, like, it's a great tool because it is. And, and there's some amazing things that social media has allowed me to do as both a person and as an author that wouldn't have had that opportunity. You know, they would have to go through my agent or through whoever just to get in contact with me. Well, somebody can send me 
a mention on Twitter and I can be in contact with them. And for example, my um, learning not to drown book, there is a copy of that book that somebody bought. I want to say they were in maybe in, in like, I can't remember which country originated in. I want to say Germany, but I could be wrong. And they're all Lincoln Park fans. Um, and they have sent, and they started reading the book because I'm married to Mike. So that's, that's why they started, but they, there was a girl who said, oh, I can't get the book in my country. So, um, one, somebody who had the book mailed it to her and like signed inside of the book. And now the book has traveled around. I think it's on like, maybe it's sixth or seventh person. It's gone to all these, the one book. The one around. book. Yeah. Oh God, and they, they finish reading it. And then there's a list that they have going, they finish reading it and whoever's next on the list. And what they try and do is based on, okay, if, but if, you know, the next person on the list is in London, but then it would have to go back to Denmark. Let's keep it in Denmark for a while. And then we'll send it to London when it's done. That's something amazing. I love that this. is happening because of social media and because of connections oh. they've made. And they tag me every time the book like goes to another place with another picture of the, like the sister the of pic- Hood of the traveling pants, but the book yes. version. Like yes. And I was able to meet some of the people who have read the book at one of Mike's uh, solo shows. Oh. Um, I guess that was that last year or the year before. Pre-COVID. I guess it was. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was definitely, but, um, but I was able to actually meet them and they had me sign a page because the book wasn't there. And, but then the they sent the page to the person who had the book and they've now glued the page in to the book that I signed. Like, how fun is that? Like, and that that's, that's the world I like to live in. You know what I mean? These are the positive aspects of it. And it was supposed to be a good app. It was supposed to connect. It just, I feel like it's disconnected in a lot of ways, except for moments like this, like this is the kind of stuff that should be happening. Right. And the problem is for me and for a lot of people is like, even though you want to concentrate on all those positives, it's really easy to just like go down the negative side. I've gone down that rabbit hole multiple times without even wanting to two hours pass by. And you're like, wait a minute, what just, what just happened for two hours of my life of this and why am I feeling now the lows from it? And it's like, right. oh, but how do you, I mean, like as a mom, for example, that allows tech into your child's life, but in, in like all the, all the, cause there are, you're right. There are great things. How do you navigate? Not just like, or not, I don't want to say control, but like almost teach them to be able to live in this tech driven world and not get sucked in or fully affected by the potential of like, for example, social media, getting into their lives or Twitter, getting into their lives. What do we do? Cause if we can't, we can't, which we should get into like the, the movie or sorry, shall I say documentary, the social dilemma, right? We can't fully disconnect, but even the people, the creators, the CEOs, the people who are involved in these apps are saying you, we should disconnect, but we can't like, this is part right. of our culture now. Um, so what do you do? Like, um, so I have zero clue. First, first of all, <laughs> my kids are too young for um, social media, so we don't okay. allow them on social media yet. And I don't know when we will oldest? be allowing them on social media. What, my oldest is eleven. Okay. Yeah, eleven, and then the girls are nine. So I'm happy you said that. Just I, we I, don't, I have we have friends that are, are mutual friends that have kids that they're eleven, looking like they're twenty five and like fully in, in immersed in social media. And I don't think personally in a healthy way, but 
It's not, yeah. you and, know. And I feel like with all of this, you know, you've got to figure out what's right for your family. Um, for us, it's it, we're not ready yet, and we we won't be ready. Um, I don't know when I'm going to feel like it's okay for my kids to have social media. I will probably, I have friends who started their kids off with allowing them to do a social media account for their dog. Hmm. And um, I'll probably, that's probably where it will start for us as well as allowing them to like put up pictures of the pet and, and learn how it works and understand how it works that way. Because then it's not, um, it's not putting them in a compromising position hmm. because it's a, a dog. It's like, if you put a, picture up of a, of a dog that, um, for some reason, somebody finds it controversial. It's not no. a picture of your child. Right. So, right. Right. At right. least, at least we can navigate that a little bit easier. Although, oh my gosh, this is why I'm like always baffled. Even like a friend of mine sent me, it was a picture of, I thought an adorable rabbit, but he's hairless. Okay. Somebody's hairless pet rabbit. And the things that were being said like this things should be murdered or killed and destroyed like awful things that right. I was like, this is, this is the world we live in. And it was yeah. not a couple of comments. It was a multitude of them to a point where it was starting to affect the person. Like the person had to post another post. Like this is my, I love my animal. Like what is wrong with you guys? This is not cool. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what is happening? These are the things and, that I'm fearful of. Yeah. And it's really, um, like someone always has something bad I, to say. Yes. Yes. And I feel like, I feel like a couple things. I feel like, um, first of all, our brains, I, this is not what I feel like. I know <laughs> research wise, our brains are wired to grab on to negative information more than positive information. Mm -hmm. Um, and I believe that the origins of that is because we used to be like a tribal society. And so like, if somebody saying something negative about you, that could mean that like, you're going to be kicked out and be on your own. And so this is a survival tactic, right? Interesting. Um, if I find the article that I read on this, I will send it to you. 120% but, please. Yeah. But your, so your brain is, is more like it is wired to have the negative be more forefront than the positive stuff. Um, so that's one thing that you always have to keep in mind when you're reading some things, because I could post a picture of myself um, on my Instagram and there could be 99% of the comments could be like, oh, I love this or like, hair looks great or whatever it might be. Yeah. And then one person could be like, you're ugly. I don't know why Mike's married to you. And that's the one that I'm like, like, focused in on guilty right? I've yeah like me too I've been there <laughs> like ah but why yeah. and, and as and if uh if me as an adult who is aware of that and aware of that reaction still feels crappy when somebody says that like that how can I expect for my kids to be able to like shake it off and keep going and mm. so I think that that's one one thing to keep in mind is um giving them knowledge of how the brain works and, and how, um, these negative things might affect you is one thing. Cause eventually my kids will have to, I'll have to allow a social media account. They're, like, they're going to have to get out of the bubble at some point. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm not going to be, I've never been the parent who's like, no, you can never do that. Because I think that for the most part, you're, if you say like, you can never have social media, then as soon as your kid either your kid's going to sneak it, right? Mm, yes. Or as soon as they turn 18, they're going to go off to college 
or often out in the world, and they're not going to have the tools that they need in order to like do well, because you've got to, as a parent, like your job is to be an ambassador for your child to the world. I love that you just said that because I think one of the, and I've, again, I've said this before. I think one of the, and I don't think I'm going to say what you said. I don't think I know that one of the biggest problems and this goes with everything, whether it's politics, um, the way people interact with others, lack of kindness and compassion towards everything on this planet. Biggest problem is the core issue of um, an understanding of self-love that I, that is the kind of thing we should be teaching our kids, whether through wonderful parenthood or at school, like really a basis, like giving those foundations to be able to navigate, as you say, like you're teaching them the, when, if, and when the time comes, you're, you're going to explain to them how the, how negative and positive work, how the mind works, how people work so that they can understand things versus just completely blindsiding them and not telling them anything. And then they don't know how to navigate. And I think self-love is one of the biggest I want to say protectors. That's why I advocate for it. And I, or that helps you understand um, how to react to people's actions. For example, in social media, I've definitely seen the difference of how I feel because I still get crap, especially now that we're dealing with cancel culture. We're dealing mm-hmm. with lack of uh, wanting to communicate, just wanting to be, it's either, I don't even want to use the, the metaphor black and white because I don't, I'm not talking about race. I was literally just talking about like, you know, like that saying, things are either black or white. There's no gray area anymore. Right. And, um, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon, which is terrifying within itself. Yeah. It's, it's really, um, interesting to me that I think that most people in general wouldn't say what they are saying online to you in person, because if you Never. have to look at somebody's face and, but I say that, but then also I've, I've had some friends who have gotten into altercations now in person with people. And it sounds like an online argument, which is, which is so weird. I had, um, for example, I had a, f- a friend of mine, his daughter is uh, 16 years old. So she was working the polls the other day. And she oh, came it was out political of- base. I was sorry. I was going to say, this yeah, must have been political. It's the only yes. thing I've seen arguments in real mm-hmm. life be about. But continue. Yeah. Oh my god. So she go. so she came out of the so she came out of the polls and she was um he he went to go pick her up but there was like uh, the street was closed because there was a rally going on and it was a Trump rally mm. and she came out of the polls and she had worked the polls on her way to her dad's car and she got into um an argument with somebody from the rally and the way she presented the information to me was like. And, and she's, she's like a white girl from LA and the person told her, go back to your country. What? <laughs> I was like, okay, how did this? And then I was like, how did this even start? And she said, oh, is she brunette? Well, I was, is, did she uh, have tan? <laughs> yeah, she, no, she, she said, well, when I was walk, walking through, she's like, to be fair, when I was walking through the rally, I was playing fuck Donald Trump on my phone. <laughs> I love right? her already. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, but but so we have a situation. Yeah, it's something I would do. <laughs> like, yeah. That but it it was playing out like it would if you saw it as a social media post because the uh, the post is the rallies going on. 
her post is fuck Donald Trump. And then the, <laughs> then they're coming back to her. Well, go back to your country. And she was just like, what are you even saying? Like <laughs> I was born and raised in the Valley. Are you kidding me? So, oh you know, but, but this is an interesting thing because I feel kind of like there's a little bit of the art imitates life, life imitates art thing. And that's when it's like, not in a good way. Like we, we discussed earlier when it was a great thing. Yes. This is like, I feel like we're kind of forgetting as humans how to have conversations and how to disagree without um, like uh, going to an area of just um, flinging insults or, you know, um, just not being willing to listen because even with people who I would disagree a hundred percent with on something, I feel like they have a reason that got them to that point. And if you listen enough and you dig enough, you're going to find where that reason lies. Right. Um, there's actually a really great, uh, therapy called Imago therapy. Um, Imago therapy. What is it? Imago. I am AGO. Okay. I'm writing wanna, it down by the way. <laughs> Sorry. I want to say that the, um, the name of the guy who like, uh, presented this, uh, therapy, I want to say his name is like Harvey Hendricks, perhaps. Harvey. And he actually wrote a book called finding the love you want. Why does um, this sound familiar to me? I feel like I like one of those like love language books or something that I, mastery of love that I love to read. Finding I don't know. I may have, I may have actually, um, I may have actually given it to you or recommended it to you at one point, like, because I feel, uh, at you know, point, I'm trying to find the love I want. <laughs> after, well, okay. So here's, here's the whole idea of it. The whole idea is that you meet the person and you have a relationship with whatever person because you're trying to heal some sort of, um, like a, like a wound or a, a place for, from a childhood. My mind is blown right now. Yes. Now I know. Okay. Continue. I've and when you, um, the like big thing that they teach with Imago therapy is how to have a conversation with somebody in a way that's like in a safe space. And this isn't just good for couples. This is good for like friends. If you have to talk about something or when you're talking to your kids about something, whatever it may be. And, um, what's great about it is that each side has to really think about what they're going to say first. And so think before you react. Yeah. And also you're, so the, the format is first you say like, are you ready to come into my world? Or are you, are you ready to listen? And if the person says like, no, I don't want to listen right now, then you have to be like, okay, this person's not ready to come into my world. So we're not going to have this conversation because mm -hmm. you can only like go into it if you're ready to go into their world. And then um, the next thing is that the person who says, are you ready to come into my world? They talk about what's going on and they have to do it in a way that the other person, every time they pause, has to tell you what they're hearing. Interesting. So, like, in what? Like, give me an example. For example, um, um so let's say that um, you're uh, really frustrated because you feel like you're always doing the dishes. I'm going to use like the most like benign most, example. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. 
So you, you feel like you're always doing the dishes and your partner's never helping with the dishes. So you may sit down and say like, I'm really mad that I'm always doing the dishes. And so they have to say back to you, not like blah, 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 blah. They have to say back, you're really mad that you're always doing the dishes. Ah. Okay. And then, and then you have to say how that makes you feel. So then after you give the fact of, of what's going on, you have to say, and that makes me feel like you think my time is not worthwhile. Okay. So they have to like come back and, and there's this back and forth where you're talking, but you have to be really clear about what you're saying because they're going to repeat it back to you. And then they have to concentrate on what you're saying because they have to repeat it back to you, right? So you do this. And then a lot of times what you uncover is something like when I was a kid, I always had to do the dishes and I never had time to like, you know, be with my friends or whatever it might be. And this was a really like upsetting thing for me. So it might be like, like something like that may come out or it just might be like, comes out that like, it, it goes because a lot of times these arguments, they go beyond, it's not just the dishes, right? Mm-hmm. And I I use this with, with roommates that I had in college and in relationships. And it's just a really great way to um, really find out what's going on. Because a lot of times, if it boils down to, I feel a certain way, a lot of times you can't, you can't argue with the, I feel a certain feels. way. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think with like, especially when we, when we do get into talking about politics, one of the things is like, people don't get to the point where we are unless they have some sort of like deep rooted, like deep rooted problem or issue. And I think on both sides right now, to be honest, it's fear and 100%. the fear I'm saying for myself, that's yeah. And the fear comes from, um, you're afraid for your, for yourself as an individual, or you're afraid for your kids, or you're afraid for your, your friends. And you could put me as, um, a more liberal progressive in the room with somebody who is a conservative mm-hmm. and you're going to come down to like, we have in general, we just want to feel safe and we want to feel like, we're going to be able to have, you know, when we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that those things are going to be available for us without, um, without that being taken away. Right. Right. And so, but, and that's, and I, and I believe that everybody across the board feels that way. Right. Right. But we're getting vastly different information and that's feeding into different fears. And we also have like a really, um, like the way social media is set up to be very divisive of, you know, one or the other, you can't be in the middle on anything Mm -hmm. that goes from everything from politics to like, I mean, even like the, uh, the dress, was it gold or white or (laughs) the van sneaker? Was it green or pink? I mean, to this day, I just don't know. It depends how I was feeling that day. Did it look green to me one day, look pink the other? I was like, oh my God. That's such a good, that's such a good example because it's so true. And that's like, I mean, listen, we were, this is an improv show. It was a casual conversation. Yeah, so we, we were going to get into gone. politics later, but we're going to yeah. actually think, let's do it. Like, let's dive in. Okay. We, we can do whatever we want. And 
I would like to start off by saying that, you know, I, we spoke about this earlier off record. I voted for the first time I had just turned an actual, I became an actual citizen. Yay to me, dual citizenship. Um, I've been uh, social security, green card, whatever it's called. By the yeah, way. forever. Since I've been, I've been in this country since I was two. <laughs> I was like, I am an American. How long, how long did it take for you to actually get your citizenship? You've been in this country Not since you were long. two. I could have done the process by naturalization ages ago and I never did it. And my parents never did it. My dad did it after he divorced my mom on his own. And my mom never did it until we made her do it like during this Trump administration because we were fearful of what can happen, like deportation. Remember? Like we were, we're all legal. We just, we didn't have citizenship. So we didn't know if, if he would just say, oh, everyone, including legal immigrants, get out of here. You know, so we made her get her citizenship last year. It took me, it was in 2015 because I voted 2016. It took me a couple of months, like the process itself. And um, I just remember feeling like, great, now like I get to, you know, be a part of all of it and the voting and all that stuff. But the process itself, even now, after these four crazy years, I'm still, I'm at a point where, in the beginning in 2016, I felt like this is confusing. I like, I didn't understand how at the end of the day, it seemed like everyone wanted Bernie to win in a consensus, like a popular mm -hmm. vote thing, whatever. And then that didn't matter. It almost felt like my vote didn't matter. And that the people that be in whatever houses and blah, 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 were the ones that had final say. So that confused me. And then now take two, four years later, I've personally, and I've talked to a lot of people that feel like this, like the divide of like my rich friends from Beverly Hills that are like, no, Trump is great because, you know, we don't want to get taxed 60%. And then I have my, my liberal friends that I'm, I'm too also more on the liberal side don't want, you know, like what, what's happening in the Supreme court right now, some woman feeling like handsmaid's tail, taking away my reproductive rights or, you know, like, um, I don't want, uh, to have to, fear for my, my, my life as a woman, as an, as a, a originally an immigrant and all these, like, just, it's madness. Like, I just feel like I'm living this like horrible blockbuster film that I didn't sign up for. And to be honest, I'm torn because I, I feel like I'm picking the lesser of two evils. I don't like either party. I would have okay. been for like Bernie or Warren. Like, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And so right. I just, should I move? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, what, like, what do I do? Well, like, okay. I mean, and we had talked think... about moving to Norway or something. Like, should we do it? <laughs> like, it's, it's very, it's conflicting. And I'm what, like, it's happening now. Like we're right. next week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I would say, first of all, I think, um, have you heard of the, the organization called represent us? No, but I'm writing okay. it down. Okay. Okay. Represent dot us is okay. their website. Um, they are a nonpartisan organization and they're all about trying to get people, um, to support, uh, changes to our democracy that would make it an actual democracy. So what you're like talking, yeah. yeah, yeah. And what you're talking about right now, we have a two party system and most people don't, um, align with a two party system. Because when you think about how different we are, even from whether you live in a city or you live in a rural area, um, the United States is a really diverse place as far as like just all of these. Um, it's a melting pot. Yeah. And there's, and yeah. there's everything and everybody has, 
has different beliefs, whether, you know, there's different religious beliefs and there's different um, political beliefs and there's beliefs on how, how the uh, government, what should the government pay for? What shouldn't the government pay for? And it's important to have all these different beliefs and it's important for those things to um, be represented in who we can vote for. The problem is, is that we're down to you either get a Democrat or Republican. Occasionally an independent can win, um, you know, as a representative, but never, but it's as, never happened as a president. Never. And, oh. and it wouldn't be because, and, and a lot of that is just how, how it all works, how things are funded. Um, but represent us. One of the things that they are pushing for is something called ranked choice voting. And they've started to get this on the ballot in some states. Um, I don't have that information in front of me of which states they do have. But if you go to the website and check it out, you can see that information. And basically what it would mean is instead of just voting for one or the other, you get to put your first choice, your second choice, and your third choice. So that way, if, for example, you said, I really like, um, I know that a lot of people like, is it Joe Jorgensen? Is that Oh, see, I the, don't even, I, I don't even know. I'm like, so <laughs> a lot of people are like, I like this third party candidate. Well, let's, let's give this as an example mm. in that world, Bernie Sanders, who was originally an independent and went to the democratic party in order to run for president, he could have run as an independent. He wasn't going to run as an independent because he wouldn't want to take, he wouldn't want to split the liberal vote. Right. Mm. So that's why he ran as a Democrat, or that's why I'm assuming he ran as a Democrat. You know, I haven't spoken to him personally or anything, but that's <laughs> oh, why I, I could have sworn you have, darling. <laughs> I'm pretty but, sure you so, have. So the structure, it's like the rules of a board game. You know, they're playing by the rules of the board game, but the rules of the board game isn't fair for us as, as the citizens because we don't really get to have a say in that situation. Mm -hmm. So if you have ranked choice voting, if let's say it's, Let's go back to 2016. And now on the ballot, we've got Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, and uh, Trump as the three options. Well, you could put Bernie as your first choice, Hillary as your second choice, and then leave off Trump or put him as your third choice if you really wanted to, however you want to do it, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then if Bernie didn't get enough of those votes, your vote would then go to Hillary. And that's how it becomes something that's not a two-party system. Now, the problem is, is that you're not going to get reform like that from the top down because everybody up at the top who's gotten where they've gotten has right, gotten from the two-party system because they're part of the two-party exactly. system. So we're basically screwed. <laughs> so, so that's represent us. It's like, yes, it feels like we're screwed, but let's start and do this as a grassroots thing. Let's, right. let's change it to choice voting starting in cities or counties or states and get that locked in into a, a certain number of places. And then once it's locked into enough places, they're going to have to, um, you know, and it could be state by state, you know, because you, United States, part of it, we've got different states. Let's have some, some states having um, some power and federal government having some power. And that's that is how we're supposed to work, right? But that's the other thing I've been hearing. And maybe this is just misinformation that I'm privy to. But like, I've heard that people have said that maybe even California, let's say if Trump wins or something, would kind of become their own. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if they, I don't think we can become like our own country, but kind of like divide from government. There's 
here's here and this is something that you need to educate me on this is the, this is what really kind of like my brain just couldn't handle anymore i just don't understand how in four years someone the president whatever not my president but this guy has able to make so many negative changes you know like mm-hmm. out of the paris act hey, uh, environmental stuff at some point i think he was starting to get into the reproductive system vibes you know like laws so many things that other presidents, their excuse for change has always been like, well, it takes time. We can't get this to this law to pass or this to change because it takes time. But this guy has done so much in four years, but just it's all crap. So am I wrong to assume that maybe back in the days, the people that made the promises that never really did much, it was like, like, where was where was the lie? I'm confi- like, I'm just confused. And will we be okay. able to fix all the crap he did if someone like Biden gets into office. Like, I don't understand. I'm just trying to well, see if I should move. <laughs> like, what do I do? I wish I can, but I will be at a level one day on where like, I would like to buy an island and invite all of you. Your family is more than welcome to move to my island and have my family and friends and we will just create an amazing utopia. But until that day, like, what do I do? <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to your utopia. That's very <laughs> you, kind of yes, you. Yes, your citizenship has already been approved. I already uh, just to let you know, you can be put and you'll be fantastic. Part of the yes, yes. Um, can together. I can I suggest that you play a little Animal Crossing, <laughs> to, like set up I set up your say- island how you would want to set it up, and then yes. yeah. I was actually going to say um, you can be the head of it. You know, like me, you, you, we could do this together because you, since you have Animal Crossing expertise then you'll know how to create things in the island that i will not know yet (laughs) so um so i think to to answer your question um it's it's complicated what we are supposed to have is checks and balances you know there's the three branches of government there's Mm. the federal branch which is the, the president there's the um uh congressional branch, which is a house of representatives in the Senate. And then there's the Supreme court. And the idea of that is that no one branch gets too much power. Now I think why people are honestly freaking out right now. And, and, um, for a good reason is because right now we have a Republican president. We have a Republican controlled Senate, Mm -hmm. um, and which makes it then a Republican controlled Congress, really. Um, and then we, with the, the latest Supreme Court um, confirmation, now we have a more conservative, AKA Republican oh. Supreme Court. So it, it's all three branches of government have a, um, have a conservative majority right now. Mm. Now, when you get into that situation, um, even when you're in the situation where the, the Congress and the president are both of the same, um, you know, the same party and the same power, that's where you have situations where, um, you know, there's a lot, a lot getting pushed forward and, and being done. Um, so, you know, Trump didn't do all of this on his own. He did this with the help of the Republican Congress approving things and pushing things through. Um, you that know, a, a Supreme Court justice can't be the Supreme Court justice is nominated by the president and then it goes into the, the Senate and the Senate has the committee to confirm. Which, right? by the way, just just to clarify, this woman is confirmed now as like for sure, she's, regardless she's of the election. Sworn in. Confirmed and oh sworn in. Oh, my God. I can't like hands may tail part two. 
So here, here's my, my concern about her is um, she she wasn't as qualified. That's one of the bigger concerns, right? She wasn't as qualified as some of the the other Supreme Court justices that had been, um, you know, um, confirmed before her. But and and it's also um, on top of that, she's just very. It seems like very conservative, but like yes. next level. Like so, taking away all the things we've worked on LGBTQ rights, like uh, everything. And and I don't, um, to be honest, I haven't done full research on her because I I have other things going on in my life, and this is something I can't control. Like yeah, I can't control whether or not she gets confirmed. Um, I can say that the thing that sits worse with me is that this was done so close to the election. And it wouldn't sit that bad with me that it's done so close to the election if they had confirmed Barack Obama's um, uh, choice, which was, gosh, I think nine months out from the election. But the Senate didn't confirm his choice. And in other words, it should have been whoever the president is going forward final choice is that what it is that what yeah so so barack obama um there had been a uh supreme court justice um i believe passed away or or retired i can't i think passed away and barack obama had uh it was in the last year of his pregnancy or not pregnancy excuse Ah! me presidency (laughs) good lord oh i see what that was you have something else you would like to share no oh no no Uh, last year of his presidency like, goodness gracious where did that come from so it's last year of his presidency She's talking about me by the way i'm just kidding uh <laughs> yeah right immaculate conception <laughs> um but but he he said okay i've got i've got a nomination because this the, here that here's where we are and uh mitch mcconnell uh i believe it was mitch mcconnell oh he creeps me around. out um, wouldn't, wouldn't even do like the, the head of the Senate has to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, um, do the hearing and make sure that they're qualified and then we'll vote. And, um, I can't remember if he didn't do both the hearing and the vote, or if he just wouldn't, if, if he didn't do the vote, but either way, his thing was no, the election is soon. We have to let the American people decide. Mm. Well, that same situation came around this time, but much closer to the election. And now we have a Supreme Court justice that was nominated, you know, or confirmed, excuse me, nine days before an election. That's insane. So you can't, it's got to be one or the other. It can't be both. And if it is both, what that is saying is, um, it's what it really is doing is, is breaking a social contract, right? The contract is supposed to be this, no, we're going to do whatever we want to do. We're mm. not going to play. We're not even going to play by the rules that we set up for years ago. We're going to play by new rules that we're creating now. And so that's, and that's a huge concern because as a citizen, you don't want to see your government making rules up as they go and changing their mind. That's part of the reason why this foundation that we're sitting on right now feels so rocky because it feels like they don't have to play by the rules, but we do. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even with, and even when we get to like COVID, you know, when the fact that like, um, there are a lot of, uh, politicians who won't wear a mask and yet we have science that says, Hey, if we wear a mask, we might not get rid of the, of COVID, but we will definitely 
um, decrease the, the spread. Yeah. And if we can decrease the spread, those are lives that are literally being saved. And it's a silly, weird thing for us to to have this weird political line drawn up the middle, but that's where we where we're at. Um, and it's really frustrating too. And I know you know a lot about that because your new gig is to be the uh, COVID. <clears throat> you know, I like to go with the times. <laughs> so, what, what, what is the, it's literally, is the I'm, it's, it's, it's literally called COVID, COVID-19 compliance officer. Like you're basically on set of a film or a TV, whatever the, I did a music video too, where it's like, you're literally going around kind of like the tattletale, you know, <laughs> like the, what's the, 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 I don't remember what it's called because I never even knows people from school when they're like whistle where you're like right. six the feet. hall monitor the <laughs> hall monitor I'm like what is it called I don't even know who you I am you are the hall who monitor I'm <laughs> the hall monitor who have I become but I but oh because I'm because I'm I know number one I know sets I know the AD has talked to the, the director I know how things go and because my personality is how it is like there's been COVID compliance officers that I've heard of from directors that will be like to the to the talent like six feet put on your mask like just really inappropriate vibes negative vibes whereas i'm like guys come on give me a break you know, like let's see yeah are you gonna go drink your water over there like it's just you make it chill but you also have to like adhere to the rules and i've learned so much because i've been taking like classes and stuff about it um and i but ironically i gotta admit like i have even with the fact that I'm an, a compliance officer, I have my 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 doubts. Like I see the logic, and I'm like, how have not been, people not been washing their hands till this day? Like that's just weird to me. And like, do you not use sanitizer after you you walk out of the bathroom door? Because still, even though you wash your hands, you just touch the door, and like you don't know if the other person washed their hands, so you still put on the sanitizer. Like just logical things that maybe the germaphobe in my in me was always like, duh. But um, but I agree with you. Like in a way. The mask kind of I have a 50 50 relationship with it because I'm I see people constantly touching their face because of the mask. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it does protect. So it's kind of like. I don't know, we're, we're navigating through it. It's like a whole new vibe. Even this job is whole new. I can tell you that I have a friend who is the director of 11 hospitals. Mm. And he says to wear the mask. So wear the mask. And there's a lot of different masks, guys. We can put there are. Down. There yeah, are. but there's also like nice. I mean, you're so crafty. I'm sure you're making some nice masks. You know, my, my <laughs> mother-in-law has been making Mike and I masks, and she makes beautiful ones. So I'm not even. Oh my god! Which, by the way, I mean, just you guys. This isn't video. You know, if you've been following the podcast, it's not there yet. We will get there. I promise. I've said it. But not yet. We like being in our PJs while we do this. So, but I'm gonna show Anna basically. This check this out. You would appreciate my uh, my cousin's making these. She sent me this. It's uh, with a filter. Oh gosh. Okay, baby there's Yoda. there's a baby Yoda Star Wars mask that is so cute. You need this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get you one. I'm gonna send yes. it to you because with a filter too. And I have, filter, yeah. And I use the 95, whatever, all that too. But that always bothers me here. I I have I have them all. I basically now my my house has turned into uh if you need some sort of sanitizer from a situation hit me up I got it all <laughs> but it feels really like weird and silly to be doing all of this but yeah. um I'm a big believer in like you follow the science right and so right. at the beginning of the pandemic we didn't have information and they were telling us masks don't do a thing don't worry about it even Fox um, said which, it I was like what's happening. <laughs> Which I thought was always weird because I know that you've done world travel and yeah. like 
you go to Japan masks. and people are wearing masks on a normal, like it's a Tuesday in the summer <laughs> and people on the subway have on their masks because 100%. they've known for a long time that that can stop the spread of, um, you know, even, even like the common cold. cold, the common cold, the flu. Like if you're not feeling, if you're feeling a little sniffly, throw the mask on, throw like, the mask on. And nobody looks at you weird there. They actually look at you weird there if you're a little sniffly and you're not wearing a mask because that's just part of their culture. But the, that culture, which I, we've both said, we both talked about, it's one of my favorite cultures. I, I know it's one of your favorite cultures, but like I, I feel there's more consideration in general as a there whole. Is. There's a lot more respect as a whole, even for like nature and animals and people. Like it's just, which goes back to once again, 360 of what we were talking about earlier, just the things that we're learning, teaching our kids and the things that we're advocating for and how social media, the influence it has Mm -hmm. that it should have versus what it currently has, which is very toxic. And you have to kind of like choose, do I want to follow the do it yourself (laughs) IG or do I want to follow this like empty, making me feel like crap, you know, about myself page. I don't know. I mean, I, I go on a tangent on that one, but I mean, I guess on a final note for politics, because I still, my brain, I I promise you I'm voting. (laughs) I've made the decision. I have to, there's no way I can't, but I've made, this is, it feels weird to me because I've made the conscious decision to vote for someone that I'm not excited to vote for. Like I am voting for Biden because of how much I dislike Trump. Like at this point, it's not even about political. It's like, I just, as a, as a human, I'm like, this is absolutely not okay. So, so, and, and I would say this to, to like help, help your brain, maybe like be okay with this. So it's like you're at an ice cream cart (laughs) (laughs) and wait, and, um, the, and what, what you really want is what's your favorite ice cream or um, with, well, no, actually, actually, yeah. Okay. Uh, if I wasn't Hagen dazs vanilla chocolate chip, but when I did go vegan and I still like it, there is really good um, almond milk based vanilla chocolate cashew fudge. Oh my God. Once okay. again, I'm fantasizing. Okay. <laughs> so that ice cream is yeah. there on the cart. Okay. And then there's, um, let's say strawberry and vanilla. Okay. So we've got vanilla, strawberry, and that ice cream, right? <laughs> and there's 50 people and- they're only going to, you can only choose one of those ice creams and you already know that everybody else is going to choose either vanilla or strawberry. And you're going to probably be, maybe you or like one other person might choose the vegan one, but some other people are like, that's a vegan ice cream. (laughs) So, so you, you already know, you already know it's going to be, it's going to be strawberry or vanilla. Do you have a preference between strawberry and vanilla? Strawberry. Oh, Okay. Strawberry. Okay. So you're going to want to vote for strawberry with the hopes that you still get strawberry. And maybe this was a bad example because maybe it's like, no, because now it made me want ice cream too. So you've, you've lifted my spirits. Thank you. (laughs) But, But the main thing is, is that we, we don't get the way the political system is set up right now. We don't get to have a third choice. So you have to choose, you have to ignore all the other choices on the ballot and you have to choose between those two. If it was a different election year and we didn't have such a different thing, because, you know, sometimes there will be 
a Republican on the ballot that I'm like, oh, like I'm going to really um, do some research into this person before I make my choice, because I don't want to just blindly vote for a Democrat, because most of the time they're the ones who line up with what I line up with. Um, but in this case, it's like, if, if you, if you um, don't want Trump, you have to vote for Biden. That's the main thing. That's the hands the down. Way, yeah. And I say for if you have any, um, you know, Trump supporters as your listeners, if you don't want Biden, you have to jump, vote for Trump. Like that's that is how this works. And it sucks that this is how it works. It, our democracy shouldn't work like this. It shouldn't. And, and it's and it's dividing us. And this goes back to social media like I and real life in, in essence. But um I'm seeing with the cancel culture, for example, or the lack of conversation, which going back to which I'm going to look into what you were talking about, the Imago, um, the Imago therapy with this, this moment where you have to, you only have two choices and there's no gray area. Nobody there's, I've seen, and I've experienced people literally stop being friends with someone or not having the conversation as to why they're being a Trump supporter or, or why they say all lives matter, even though you knowingly know that they're not a bad person. Maybe they just don't understand why you're supposed to say black lives matter. They don't understand. There's no, right. because there's no conversation. There's post there's, you have to choose between this or the other, but there's no conversation. It's almost like, and it makes it even worse with lockdown because we're supposed to be alone in a sense. We're supposed to be separated six feet, stay at home, et cetera. That it's, that people think they're connecting through social media, but it's actually disconnecting and dividing everyone even more and isolating even more and not having the interactions that we should be having and the conversations we should be having at all, actually. What a time. And um, with that being said, I would like you, I mean, like, I always, first of all, I always do this with my listeners. I just looked at the time and I was like, oh my God, I'm like, well, you and I need to do another episode. We can have, we have so much to talk about. And I still have how, so many how questions. Much, how much time have we already been It's been on an hour. Too. And I was oh like, okay. it feels like it's been five minutes, but I. Oh yeah.